This morning, we're going to add um, two little investigations that are important, but you do them um, like adding salt or pepper to your food. It's not, it's not the main focus of your practice, but at times, we're going to uh, look into the flow of our experience to see these two other qualities. One of the qualities that you'll notice in your moment-by-moment experience is that the tone, of the, quali- the tone of the experience, whether it's in the body, sound, thoughts that are coming, even when you're eating, is whether that experience is pleasant, unpleasant, or in between. Maybe you call it neutral. Every th- everywhere your attention lands, that's part of the tone of the experience. But it's usually not something we, we pull forward to, to acknowledge, to understand, to experience in the flow of that, um, that sensation, that sound, that flavor, those thoughts. So <clears throat> every now and then, when it's interesting to you, consciously taste the flow of your experience as you're already doing but say, okay, I can feel my breath. As I'm feeling my breath, is it pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? It's like, oh, it's mostly neutral. But right when I fully breathe in, there's that little wince in my back, and that's unpleasant. And I breathe out, okay, neutral with a touch of something unpleasant. Or you're listening, you're listening to sound, a car goes, dry, goes by. For you, that may be pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Hearing a bird sound maybe pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. This quality often drives a lot of our reactivity. So if you can see it and experience it, you have a chance not to get reactive, but to get interested in that experience before you already reject it because it's unpleasant, or already latch on to it because it's pleasant, or ignore it because it's neutral. So I'll guide you through that, but I'm just giving you a little um, framing for it. The second investigation, and again, you're mostly just doing the same practice that you've been doing all along, connecting with your anchor, exploring things that are really pulling on your attention, going back to your anchor, see if you can be with your breath, body, or sound with a strong dedication. But while you're doing that, another quality that's in every experience is that experience is constantly changing. If you don't look at it closely, it seems like it's not changing. Some things feel like that. I've been angry for a whole hour. Or there's this ache in my back. It's been there the whole retreat. If you don't look at it, you can't actually see its changing nature. So you're not relating to it uh, as deeply as you could, as honestly as you could. Anywhere you can rest your attention, part of what your experience, if you really see it, is that it's full of many little experiences. The breath is constantly changing, the body is changing, the body has all these different sensations happening, thoughts are really changing fast. So you've already been experiencing this, you don't have to look anywhere new. But as you're connecting to whatever that is, you can then pull forward this quality that it's constantly changing. And you make that sort of what you're interested in 
the changing nature of experience. It doesn't even matter what the experience is. You can see that it's constantly changing. So there are two reflections. If that at all feels busy, complicated, uh, confusing, we always drop it because we're, that's not the time to do it. It's, it. It makes it way too choppy, and then we feel like uh, we can't access it. So usually this is done in those moments where your mind is fairly stable with something, like sounds, breath, or body, or you're exploring the nature of your thought. And you're not too distracted, you're not too tired. In that moment, you can then investigate a little further and see the pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral tone of that experience. And that that experience is constantly changing and altering anything you know uh, deeply, this, this quality begins to be more and more obvious. So you do this for a little bit and then relax and just go back into the basic practice. And then you can do a little bit more of it. I'll say more about, um, yeah, we'll do that more in the Q&A after you had some experience with it on these two investigations. So I'll guide you through them. But again, the changing nature of experience is not our common way of looking at things. And it's one of the ways that we get into um, misalignment with how things actually are, is we have this default assumption things are more permanent than they are. And we get out of alignment with the way things actually are. So finding a posture that's comfortable for you that allows your body to be still, relaxed. You might start with your chest lifted slightly, not too much. And then find your way into settling into this morning's sitting meditation, however you know how to guide yourself into the flow of present time experiences. And as you're settling in, you can take a survey. What's the quality of my mind right now as I'm doing the practice? Is this sit uh, feeling relaxed? Is it easy to be present? Or am I distracted and restless, still sleepy? Checking in to the quality of your heart and mind as you settle in and see if you can find that relationship to the anchor of sound, body, or breath. 
as a car drives by. See if you can hear all the little sounds that make up the flow of one sound arising and passing. And now those sounds have passed and we go back to silence. That's their changing nature. If you're listening to sound, there's a bird that's been chirping a little bit this morning. All those bird chirps can show you the changing nature of sound. It arises and passes. if you're settling your attention into the body, wherever you land in the body, or if you're moving your attention through the body, see if you can clearly know those body sensations as temperature, pressure, contact, tingling, pulsing, where there's pain in the body, just a sense of that body area. Might be pleasant sensations in the body. Again, as you land and steady your attention, see if you can witness your mind is changing and the way that you're, you're connecting to the object. These sensations are changing. The, the sensations might change slowly or they might have a tingling vibration to them. First we steady our attention and then we see if this quality is accessible, the changing nature. You may ask if it's truly static without any variation or if there's some change going on within those body sensations. And for those of you that are settling in on the breath, wherever you notice the breath, the breath is constantly changing 
as you breathe in and out, the sensations are in a flow. The breath doesn't cause static, homogenous sensations. And so you can uh, crisp your awareness. You can make it a little bit more um, vivid if you tune into these sensations right as they begin, they display themselves, they shift. New sensations come. The sensation gets stronger and then weaker and then disappears. Other sensations come. The breath is so dynamic. So first you stabilize your attention. And then if it's accessible, See if you can experience this quality of the sensations around breathing, that they're changing. They arise, they change, they pass. It's an underlying quality of the sensations around breathing, sensations in the body, in sounds. So find your relationship to this investigation. Usually it's a light investigation and then you relax and just rest again so you don't get too uh, analytical. And again, you're drawing it out of the very experience itself. It's a quality of the experience. Again, if you're trying this and it feels too busy, it's not the time. So we let it go for later. We want the mind to feel relaxed. 
there being a sense of ease. It's really done when there is a, a moment where you feel fairly stable. And then these qualities are accessible. But if you're sleepy or distracted, your mind's in a difficult place, it can be harder and not helpful to add in this investigation. At other times, you might notice that relaxing into the changing nature of experience clarifies it. And it's one thing to know there's warmth in your hand. It's another thing to see how much that warmth is subtly changing and shifting. It's like a layer of fog leaves the mind and you see things more intimately and you can see how much the underlying place you've been resting 
is a field of changing sensations, changing experiences. Sometimes it's clarifying to pull this factor forward, this quality forward of changing nature of experience. And then it's helpful to put the investigation aside at times. It could be too fatiguing to constantly be attuning to this quality. And so you just learn to rest again in sounds, body sensations, and breathing. A second investigation we can do, especially when there's a challenge present, is to feel into the flow of that experience and see if there's a tone in the experience that's pleasant, unpleasant, or in between, neutral. So I invite you to bring your attention in the body if it's not 
And see if there's anything going on in your body right now that feels slightly unpleasant or clearly unpleasant, something we might call pain. And then come into letting that experience become the focus momentarily, resting our attention on something unpleasant. We won't be here very long. See what it's like, how the mind can accept it or goes into reactivity. As you come in, what are the sensations? Which sensations are causing this unpleasantness? Can we be stable momentarily with an unpleasant experience without having to reject it, without having to be alarmed? You might find that putting your attention on an unpleasant sensation, an unpleasant experience, that when you do it intentionally, it clarifies the mind. The mind gets a little more clear, distinct. The mind is less sleepy. There's an immediacy around unpleasant experiences. And see if you can, just for a moment, recognize it's just unpleasant. All the story in the mind momentarily is not necessary. It's just an unpleasant experience. And then we give our attention some relief by moving it to whatever is grounding. Maybe it's back to the anchor of sound, other body sensations, or the breath. You may need to move further away from the painful sensations before the mind calms down again, finding something more neutral, something you can clearly rest your attention on that's not painful. 
And some of you might have to open your eyes if you've been too intimate with something painful. And notice what happens as we move away from something painful to something more neutral. What happens to the heart and the mind? Our neutral experience is difficult to stay with because there's no charge. They're more subtle. The mind goes a little asleep with neutral experiences. Or do you find them relieving that there's no drama? There's no extra story to neutral experiences. They're a nice refuge because they are neutral. Then the last exercise is to move your attention to something pleasant. And that may be something in your body. It may be body sensations that clearly are pleasant. But if that's not happening for you, see if you can consciously bring up a pleasant thought. Maybe it's about how much you enjoyed breakfast or the loving kindness practice and someone you've been connecting to. If you can find it in your body, that might be first. But if it's not distinct, you can bring up a pleasant reflection. And if you've been able to make contact with something pleasant, watch what happens in your heart, in your mind. Does your mind brighten a little bit? Become more optimistic? Is there a sense of subtle or obvious joy? 
or do you begin yearning for it, craving it, wishing it were stronger? Or on the other hand, is there frustration that you can't find anything pleasant though you seek it? We notice something pleasant and we notice if there's any reactivity or any impact around the pleasant sensations. And then allow yourself to come back to a simple practice of just being aware of your anchor and relax this investigation.
I invited you into a lot of investigation of those two qualities. And you might have found it fatiguing or inaccessible. Um, so that's just part of the introduction. It's something to do when it feels interesting and not to force yourself to do it. When it's interesting, it's a little bit more available, so you don't have to work so hard at it. And if at other times that you can't do it, it's not a sign that you're um, bad at it. That our capacity is there sometimes, and then it fades, and it's just not helpful to add it. It's too complex. But at other times, it's interesting, and it's appropriate that time to really see there are all these qualities to our experience. The pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral investigation actually can be good if there's a struggle going on. Because that quality lends itself to our cravings and our aversions and our boredoms. It's just, I'm bored. I can't take it. Why? It's just so neutral. Why is that difficult? It just is oppressive. (laughs) I'm not used to things being this neutral. God, give me some drama. I'll take pain and suffering over neutral. Or, wow, this is so sweet and it's neutral. I've never paid attention here. I've always, what else you got? Or if there's thoughts that are coming and they're really troubling, sometimes it's like you try to problem solve the thought. They say, oh, it's just unpleasant. Oh, okay, I'm having a string of unpleasant thoughts. No, and that's why there's all this drama. They taste unpleasant, and I don't like that. That's why I call them unpleasant. Sometimes, this is a little bit more rare, the unpleasant nature just dissipates when you don't resist it. And it's just like, oh, it's not even pain. It's just a lot of sensation. That's a little bit more rare. But, and then pleasant, and the seeking of it is like, oh, I can't wait for this thing. It's so pleasant. Oh, I give it to me now. When's it going to come? How do I get more of it? And that can be fun, and it also can be um, very gripping to the mind. So I'm just curious if you have questions or anything you discovered in that. There are two very rich areas to wake up on that are not common for people to be that intentional about experiencing the changing nature or the pleasant, unpleasant, neutral quality. And so for those in the back, as she was expressing, that was, that was very rich to look at the pleasant, unpleasant, neutral quality of her experience. Yeah. It's beautiful to see how um, at times that even like, you know, some of the tension on your, you know, tush or whatever, um, the unpleasant sensations can turn into pleasant ones. Mm-hmm. And just the um, impermanence and the 
changing of that. Hmm. It was nice to see that again. So she was noticing that um, what might have just been pain in her tush. <laughs> um, when in, investigated, not just being reactive, not just saying it's only pain, rah, when actually settling in, it didn't even stay pain and it could actually change, sometimes even to pleasant. Any questions about how to do this? It, it's very rich and we could all go through the richness of it, but just to make sure it's, there's clarity yeah, in the back. I think my mind's still waking up from like, sleeping. Sure. Um, really, it's, it's two things, and both are skillful. There are times that we do have to change our experience because it's not appropriate. Or the lunch bell comes, and you do have to get up and change, and that's appropriate to, to make changes happen. <clears throat> you can still watch all the changes that are happening, irregardless of whether you're choosing them or not. But at times... Um, it's just not skillful to stay with pain if you can avoid it. And then there are times you can't avoid it. And so you sink into it at first begrudgingly. And that begrudging nature is extra suffering. So you can relax and say, this is the way it is. I broke my wrist in October. And every time I went into extra suffering, why did I break it? If only it didn't happen, when's it going to heal? Rah, rah, rah. It's like, yeah, I'm making it worse for myself. It's having no impact. I'm not actually time traveling. I'm just suffering. <laughs> so <clears throat> what is it that I can't take? It's like I just want to go back to neutral so I could forget about it. I like my wrist out of my attention. I don't want to have this much attention on my wrist. And it winces and whatever. But bringing my intimacy into it, I suffered less. And it's just like those are strong sensations. But patience is a better relationship to the unpleasant than all the reactivity. One thing that happens is that the more still we get, the clearer change is. It's a strange thing. But if you were to watch a clock and you're moving around the room, you might even catch that the second hand is moving. But if you're really moving fast, you get these glimpses. And every time you look, everything's different, but you didn't see the change. If you stop and look at the clock, you can see the second hand moving, but you can't see the minute hand or the hour so you get even more still, and finally you can see the minute hand really creeping. So the stiller you get, the more you can see, wow, that minute hand is not static. But the hour hand, that's hard to see. And so you get super, super, super still. <laughs> and then if you're really in a rare state, you can start to see that even that's not static. So the stiller you are, the more you actually can be intimate with this underlying change. But if you're not still and you're just seeing things at glances, 
you don't see the changing nature, you assume a static nature. It's one, it's one of the ways that we don't really see clearly. say the, the warmth in my hand and looking for it, um, the impermanence there, um, experience kind of uh, discursively going on a journey in my mind, coming back to that, um, doing that type of investigation. And uh, it occurred to me that there's what I'm looking at see if there's impermanence, and then there's also the quality that's looking, mm -hmm. that's impermanent. It's the quality was changing mm -hmm. of my capacity to see clearly. So I'm wondering if you can talk about that as a changing object of attention, or... So he's noticing that sometimes the, the place he landed, he could see changing, the changing nature or not but also noticing that the mind that was looking, at times you could see the changing nature of the mind that's even doing the looking. And then, again, not to force this interpretation, but as intimacy with experience deepens, you see change everywhere. Wherever you're landing your attention, out there there's change. But definitely this being is more, the more intimate you are with yourself, your body, your heart, your mind, you begin to see it's all fluid. It's all changing. There's very little that's static. If you don't know yourself well, you're like, yep, same guy. I'm, I'm, I'm who I've been. I haven't changed a lot. Um, that's not knowing yourself all that clearly. But it, wherever there's intimacy, there's change. And so see that for yourself. Um, but this mind is one of the fastest changing things that you'll get to know um, when you're intimate with it. It has only, it's only rippling and changing. It's like a, um, a smooth lake or a smooth pond with water bugs on it. There's all these ripples happening. And if you look, if you just glance at it, it looks still. But when you see it really clearly, the mind, even at still times, has these wavers in it and has these textures and it's just all fluid. And that kind of, when we actually drop into that, it's a big paradigm shift and can be even uh, unsettling to like, wow, it's just like the whole, my whole life is one waterbed of just, <laughs> <laughs> like it just won't be still and someone sits on the bed and I go up and it's just like, I can't find anything stable. Right, you know, where's the stability? And over time, the stability is the mind that's got sea legs and can be in all this changing fluctuation and be really familiar with it. It's a different paradigm, but it's, it's a little bit more accurate. And then when things change rapidly or slowly, you're with it. But if we're in the static model, we're uh, troubled and disoriented by the changes that are happening. Yeah, let's go back there. Yeah. For me, it's much more common to have the opposite situation where once my attention is on something, it goes from neutral to unpleasant or unpleasant to unpleasant. So that's why my anchors 
Um, by going to sound or going to uh, sight, that there, um, well into my practice, there came a time when I couldn't have my intention in the body. It was only unpleasant. And it was, I was steady enough that I could take it, but it was wearing. It was, um, and I had to deal with a lot of doubt and a lot of frustration. And it was just a, it was just a phase that came was un, you know, an unpleasant phase, but it was what was happening. So adding in a lot more, ah, what's happening? I shouldn't do this. It's just like, why don't you go to sound instead of this big story? And then <clears throat> I was in sound, and at times then I would come back into the body to say hello again. And then at some point it's like, yeah, it's funny. It's all slightly unpleasant. Eesh. And I'd come out to sound. What you'll notice is that if you visit pain, or if pain visits you, sometimes it has a strong gravitational pull on your attention. So you go to look at something neutral, but you slide back into the pain. So you might have to go even further away to take a break. Your anchor should be uh, neutral, tipped towards slightly pleasant. Otherwise, it is wearing, it's exhausting to be so close to unpleasant experiences. And yet there are times, it's just one of the human truths, that um, we do have to be conscious with unpleasant experiences. As Chaz was saying, that's the first noble truth. That No, it's, it's, it's a skillful pacing of what's possible. And so you're, you're resting. And you might might be a little escapism in there, but the skillful intention is to rest and group, regroup. And then so you're not just escaping. At times, turn towards what's unpleasant, say hello again. And you'll notice your quality to be with it begins to diminish because it's a little bit taxing until you can really be with it. But then the next day you can't again. So when you can, you turn towards the body just so you're not only escaping, but then you see that it brings up dreariness and a whole burden, and you just can't stay with it forever. And so you turn your attention. There was, when I was practicing in Burma, I had to turn my chair towards this window and I looked out, and mostly I rested my attention on this uh, blade of grass, this tall blade of grass, because what was going on at times was so unpleasant to my body and usually it was purification periods where a lot was happening. But I just couldn't take 16 hours of it a day. It was, it was a lot. And I was really starting to doubt and really starting to make plans to go. But it was easier to put my attention out. And because I stayed, that chapter passed. And my, abil- my ability and my skill of being with Unpleasant grew. Thanks for that question. And then we have to wrap on questions. Um, We have a few announcements. 
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.